Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. Uh, hi radio and uh, i'm alongside my co-host donnie nice. and also my special guest uh who i have here on the show who i will announce uh earlier you just listened to bisa katie collaborating with adekunde gold on their record called adisa and uh before that you listened to t-babs collaborating with angelo on their record called for sure this is africa unfocused and here is where we share our success stories and help us to change our mind change our thinking to uh, empower our fellow africans all around the world shout out to uh, steven enning hi good evening good evening to you steven i just saw your comment uh all love to you please let me know where you're listening from because i'm always like interested to know last time somebody was was listening from jamaica on facebook i was like what <laughs> <laughs> we're reaching the world we're reaching the world people and i'm super excited uh every week or at least i try uh, to invite somebody that you know engages in our conversations about uh what's going on in africa uh how we can achieve success how we can uh change our mind and manage our life better. And uh, myself and Donnie, we were talking about a lot of things. And even Kimberly joined in the conversation <laughs> about, you know, uh, can we, you know, organize something around networking, teaching people how to network because it's so important. There are uh, vital things that uh, Jews, for instance, mm -hmm. apply, which we should learn from and uh, empower each other and, uh, you know, no longer seek to see each other as threats or whatever. Right. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit because we have a lady here on the on the show that knows all about it. <laughs> and uh, this is this is one uh, she she discovered me. Actually, we just went for a drink and we realized that uh, a drink up for what's it called an appointment of one hour soon became what three hours, three hours and something more. <laughs> it's uh, it's like I met a sister. Uh, seriously. And uh, uh, she goes by the name of Kimberly Ofori, who's on to so many major things, so many inspiring things she's done, and she's yet to share more uh, uh, to the world with it. Welcome, Kimberly. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm great. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. Good. Uh, I shared this on my timeline, and then somebody in my uh, timeline, Dennis, shout out to Dennis Almeida. He said, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to share this. This was the this is like the really? first time he's sharing this. So I was like, what is this? Like, what does he know yeah, that I don't yeah, know? Now we go way back. Oh, that's cool. Hey, Dennis. Now we go way back uh, to, you know, church programs, singing together in choirs. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we, we, did, we did all of that. So, yeah. Oh, so he's like, he's a support, like he's a friend, he's diehard. That's, That's super cool. That's super cool. How was your Sunday? My Sunday's been relaxed. Uh, I had a very intensive week, and so I uh, really planned ahead and made sure that I yeah. rested today. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it was good. You had a good rest yeah. to calm your nerve, and then you were like, let me come in all white. Yeah, let me come in all white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's refreshing. You even said it's angelic. Angelic. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. Um, so I know you, you know, from this uh, this term and obviously online, you know, you come with this begging picture and everything. Uh, but but of course, you know, people would like to know for those uh, that are abroad, that are getting to know you, who you are, where you come from. Um, if you could give us an idea about uh, yourself. Sure. Uh, yeah, so Kimberly Ofori, I'm 29 years old. Um, I was born in Amsterdam to my Suriname mother and Ghanaian father. 
uh, we moved to the city of Almeida later on uh, at age nine. And having a Ghanaian father, as you know, I was ordained before I was even born to be a lawyer. Oh, really? <laughs> was it that serious? <laughs> and so my educational background is, is really a reflection of my internal struggle, trying to find out, uh, you know, how I could still appease and please and at yeah. the same time do things that I like to do. Um, so um, I, I, um, I studied marketing communications in Utrecht. And um, actually, I followed a lot of different courses. And I think that would probably be for another episode because uh, it's a lot. Is it? But it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting course that I took. But um, I did uh, recently complete a program at Stanford University uh, for design research. And simultaneously yeah. did um, a digital transformation program at Boston University. And I'm okay, okay. um, set to complete my strategy innovation course at Harvard Business School. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure that that whatever you've you've done so far lives up to the lawyer, little <laughs> lawyer dream. Like, I hope I still don't have an actual title that is doctor, lawyer, right, uh, engineer. But yeah, you know. yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> we keep it moving. Those are like punchlines to Africans. They're keywords. Like when when you hear these words, it rings a bell. I remember having to explain somebody that what I do, and she and I explained it. She was like, uh, "Now it's your office, Anna." Like, do you sit? Do you sit at an office? Like, I explained it, and it still came. Is it office? Is it? Yeah. So you know they're framing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing, and I think it's a it's good. You know, it pushes you to strive for for bigger things and to do well. So. Definitely, definitely for the academic, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> range of work uh, and things like that. But it's but it's good. So how would you call yourself if somebody said like, what do you actually do? <laughs> What do I do? Uh, yeah, so um, I think I've always been more of a doer and a go-getter, even before that I knew what it was. Um, yeah. As soon as I reached the legal age, age to work at age 13, I got my first job at a restaurant. Uh, I was breaking too many glasses, so that didn't take too long. Um, but then, um, at age 14, I was working at a bookshop, and then I found out that I shouldn't be reading all the books. I should be helping people, so that didn't last too long either. But I think... Uh, my first real job actually was at an insurance company um, that I was working with part-time as I was studying marketing and communications. Yeah. And um, I, at age, age 16, and I decided to uh, go ahead and work there full-time. And I'm giving you this introduction because my, again, the choices that I made in terms of my career were, you know, really, you know, I was just figuring out what I wanted to do. At the same time, I was striving for excellence. I wanted to prove something to myself and to others. And so, you know, I was hopping on to see where I could get quick results to say, you know what, at least I have a title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I was an insurance advisor um, for a, a while. And then um, I went on to become a certified financial advisor. Uh, wealth manager and um, wealth manager that sounds deep <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds bigger than it is uh, so you know um, for private banking clients who have uh, millions of euros in their accounts and they're looking to find the best ways to either invest or to um, um, save for future mm -hmm. resources pension plans and things like that I would advise them on, on yeah. those things uh, so I did that with Rainbow Bank and ABN Amro Bank and then uh, I decided I wanted a change of scenery. So I, I moved to Dubai. 
mm-hmm. uh, randomly. And, um, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> I didn't have a house that I needed to, you know, I just had a rental or apartment. Yeah, free to you go know, anywhere. I was free. I was young. I said, I'm just going to go to Dubai, see if I can make something happen there after I had been there on, on a holiday. And so uh, I did business development there, consulting um, you, you know, large corporations in the human resources space. And then um, I set up a multiple lifestyle brands in between, uh, set up three companies in the past uh, decade. And um, the last project that I worked on uh, individually was uh, the Apreneur Network, which was a social network for African entrepreneurs that I founded in 2018. And um, in the space of eight months, grew into a community of 30,000 members with VCs, with mentors, with, with entrepreneurs and consultants. Um, I sold the intellectual property of that in 2019. And I'm currently a business um, consultant or scale-up consultant. So I consult businesses that are fast-growing, rapidly growing, um, having reached um, over 1 million in revenue, yeah. between 1 million and 300 million in revenue. And I help them to organize them restructure their organizations to maintain that growth okay that seems that seems like this busy life like seriously <laughs> that sounds like somebody <laughs> who is like who is in their 50s has been able to build some career you know yeah. how was how was you know starting in that in that scene like because normally what the story is after you graduated something you have that kind of period where it seems like nothing is working, you're looking for a job, you know. How was the journey towards all of those things that you did? Was it for you like it came organically or was there (laughs) some struggle to it? (laughs) So I think it's so interesting that you mentioned this because I think a lot of young people uh, back then, but I think even more now when a lot of jobs are disappearing and a lot of job titles are no longer, you know, when you graduate, yeah. you, you're going to get that job. It's yeah. no longer the case. Um, and in a lot of African households, also Suriname households, we are raised to embrace this whole concept of um, meritocracy where uh, a system where talented people and the smart ones are going to be moved ahead based on their achievements. So if you study hard and you work hard, you're going to get That's where you get it. And yeah. Those results. Yeah. And um, we are taught that success is merely a function of how smart you are, how hard you work. Yeah. My grandmother used to tell me, my Suriname grandmother used to tell me, I hope you're not running around chasing these little boys before you have your diploma. Because, you know, right. when That's you have your diploma, right. That's concern. <laughs> when you have your diploma, you can pick and choose whoever you want. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and, that's, and I think it's a good thing, but it's no longer realistic. Um, yeah. And... Because uh, when I started out in my career, it didn't quite work out that way. I think a lot of us found out it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, because once we understand that uh, for there for that to be for that process to be that objective, mm-hmm. um, there cannot be human. Uh, there cannot be a human element in this. And what I mean is that a lot of times, us going ahead or pushing ahead is also dependent on um, who is standing in your favor. Who wants you to succeed? Who is who? Uh, which human being yeah. is in that process deciding whether or not you're going to get the job, whether yeah. or not you're going to get that interview, whether yeah. or not you're going to go ahead? Yeah. And so um, it's no longer objective; it's subjective. So once we understand that, being smart, having an education is no longer it's not, enough. No. Um, because unless you're God, there will always be somebody who's smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. And there's always going to be somebody who's going to be able to replace you. And I think this is true across the board. But when it comes to women, uh, specifically in my case, um, we are almost 
systematically conditioned and groomed and thought that uh, to keep our opinions to ourselves yeah. and to not be too loud and not too noticeable and uh, to be communal and accommodating, but always humble. And um, <laughs> so it becomes an almost arduous process trying to get ahead as far there as your career is concerned. Mm-hmm. Because all the things that men are understand that need to be done, um, we are told not to do. And so I, I, I literally had to tell myself when I was, uh, I, I believe, 19, 20, that I had to now um, approach applying for jobs, uh, asking for raises, as a man would do. And that was not going to be flattering. It, was, it wasn't going to look sexy. It wasn't going to look cool. But yeah. I was going to get the job done. I was going to get the job. And I always did. And it was a change of mindset. So for me, it was mostly about understanding that if I wanted to get ahead, I needed to shift the way that I approach things and the way I was taught to present myself. And just, you know, women are told, just keep your head down and people are going to recognize you. Nobody's going to recognize your work <laughs> if you don't tell them. You yeah. know, you have to tell them. Yeah, actually, I did that. Actually, that was my work. That was my project. And then the manager is going to say, call Kimberly in the next time when you have a project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had to push myself and, you know, to stand up for myself and, you know, toot my own horn, yeah. so to say, uh, to get ahead. And that's a very uncomfortable place to be. But I think a lot of the times uh, we don't teach each other as mm-hmm. women and young girls that that's what needs to be done. Because, you know, my male counterparts have no problem and correct me if I'm wrong to say you know to tell people what they did you know if they did that if they broke uh, you know if they got a deal if they signed a contract they're going to come in the office and tell you they're going to show the paper they're going to tell everybody come around look at the paper here's what I did and we're just going to I used to go back I would have you know uh, signed a major deal at work and I would just put it in the system and hope somebody would notice nobody's going to notice yeah so it's really about understanding that you need to let the, your environment be aware of your value so that they will feel like you are deserving of those next steps. And I, I love it because basically what you're saying is, bottom line is your, your approach changed and that first started by the way you thought, the way you were thinking. Yes. So how did you, because 19, 20, that seems relatively young. Some of people discovered this at 40, right. <laughs> 55. Right. How, how did you get to the point where you say, you know what, I'm going to approach it like a man and maybe not like, okay, I'm going to approach it like white people do because, you know, obviously they're often <laughs> privileged or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what made you choose the, the specific yeah, demographic <laughs> of, of men in this case? What, what led you to this? Place? I think it was mostly, obser- I'm a very observant person, firstly. And so I saw in my surroundings that this, was, this is what was getting men ahead. And there were only men getting ahead. So (laughs) uh, what am I not doing that they are? And that's how I found out gradually. And this is also looking back. It wasn't that much of a conscious decision as I'm telling you now. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I just knew that, okay, what I'm doing now isn't working. So let me try to find out what else. And so it wasn't that I saw, okay, men are doing exactly this and that. And that's what I'm going to do. But I uh, subconsciously was replicating some of the behaviors that they were that they were um, showing. Right. So, and that and so 1920 was the point where you said, you know what, I'm going to go for that. Well, actually, I think it was a journey. That's when I became aware mm-hmm. of that I couldn't merely get in by telling people I was smart. Yeah. Um and you know, 
there's so much emphasis and you know, have a good resume, you know, make sure your resume is in order. Mm. At the end of the day, um, I and I'm finding that out now later as I wow. gain more experience that um, you would be better off not needing a resume at all. You, you really need to have somebody, either a sponsor, I call it a sponsor, in a company that is actually going to vouch for you. You need to have something on Someone paper. in your corner. Somebody in your corner, but also uh, you need to be able to show, you need to have a track record, and you can create that track record mm -hmm. even when you're out of school because you did projects in school yeah. to show what your capabilities are because yeah. people lie on their, their CV. 75% of people lie on their CV. <laughs> so it's not a very, you know, you can't, you can't lean on that for, you know, getting in or yeah. uh, being noticed or being chosen over somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, if we're looking at bias and if we're looking at, you know, ethnic surnames, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. That's so now, a problem, now you're yeah. Yeah. You're, now you're going to change your name. So, yeah. you know, there are certain <laughs> things that you're going to have to do uh, mm -hmm. before you even sit at a table. You're going to have to, like we were talking about earlier, network. You know, yeah. now we have LinkedIn, thank God. I think at the time, I didn't know if it existed or not, but I wasn't using it. Mm -hmm. But if I had yeah. used those tools, I think I would have gotten ahead with a lot of other positions as well because I yeah. understood, okay, who is the decision making here? What is their background? Where can I tune in? Yeah. Maybe I can meet them somewhere. Because yeah. um, I think... It's more so about how you are able to present yourself. You mm -hmm. want to control how people perceive you. And if you just put it on paper, they're going to be able to create their own perception of that. And so um, being able to connect with people beforehand and also being able to showcase mm -hmm. what your qualities are, I think therein lies um, a huge opportunity yeah. to, to, to win. Yeah. That's impressive. And uh, again, discovering that at uh, that young age where you were, were like, okay, listen, this is how I'm going to go about stuff. And uh, this is how I'm going to reach the top. Could you uh, name some of uh, examples of, because you probably would then have a good sense of what women do and what men do that, you know, women could improve um, according to your observation. So there are actually a few studies on that. So, um, of course, my observations are that we tend to want to have work speak for ourselves. And that's something that we are taught. Um, all, but one of the things that I think matter a lot when it comes to perception and it comes to uh, being chosen for a certain promotion is um, being in control of how people perceive you. So there's, there's this study that has been done about women presenting themselves as being tough or being uh, analytical um, and constantly using that when they're communicating to somebody versus women who know they're tough, they know they're analytical, but they don't say it as much. They don't walk like they yeah. are. And so the women who tended to uh, control the narrative around them. So say, you know, I'm tough. So, you know, if we're going to talk, let's talk. Or, you know, I'm very analytical. Are they announcing They're announcing it ah. constantly in their conversations. What they are doing is they're building up um, a warning? No, they're, they're actually <laughs> telling, they're training <laughs> right. you how to think about no, that. No, no, no. And so now, uh, okay. what I'm doing is I am in control of, you know, the next time that you're going to have a meeting, a board meeting, you say, you know, we need somebody analytical. Who are you going to think about? I've been telling you for a month. So, so it's now, a good thing to It's to a share good it. thing to actually be telling people <laughs> how you want to be spoken <laughs> about when you're not in the room. 
Right. Because most of the decisions that are going to be made about you, about your promotion, about who's going to get a job, you're not going to be in the room. And so you need somebody who has been hearing you say you're so analytical and you're so tough and you're so um, you're so uh, organized. You need somebody else to have heard that and have have that perception of you so that the next time they're, you know, trying to give somebody a next job, they're going to say, well, organizational person, that's Miss Abba. Right. You know, not because they've seen you do it, mm. but you train them to think that way. And so, and I think men do that a lot. Men are very good at um, sometimes even over-exaggerating Too much? how good they are at certain okay. things. And I think that is that has helped them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and studies have shown this, that men tend to be less concerned whether or not they'll be found out about whether or not they were actually that good at what they said they were doing. Mm-hmm. Because they feel like, I can learn across, you know, along the way. I can tell you I can do it, and then I'll figure it out. And women, we are way more calculated. We mm-hmm. want to know for sure that we can complete the task before, before we start. Before we do it. Right. And I think that's the hurdle that needs to be overcome because it's okay to learn while you're on the job. Yeah. And um, I think that those are some of the things that we can improve on. One other thing that is mostly that comes on when you get a job offer, but also when you want a promotion is negotiation skills. Hmm. Um, Across the board, men do better when it comes to negotiating. And there, but there are certain instances where uh, women actually outperform men or they do better as in terms of negotiation in terms of negotiation and recent studies have shown uh, when um, those results are attenuated so for instance if a woman um, is vouching for somebody else her performance goes up because we are so much uh, concerned and uh, trained to care for others Mm -hmm. Once we are in a position that we can fight for somebody else, we are able to bring out a side of us that we would usually not use to promote anything that has to do with us. Right. So those studies show that if a woman had to vouch for a colleague or for a friend, now they're negotiating on everything because I'm not asking for me, I'm asking for her. Mm-hmm. And so they were able to get better results out of that because they dare to ask for more. The second thing that was uh, showed uh, came out of the study was women do better simply when they have more negotiation skills uh, experience. If you have, and this is this actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because um, men have been at the board, uh, in the boardrooms and at the table for a longer time, and so we are just now um, coming into our own mm-hmm. and understanding that we can also ask for things that are not automatically given. Yeah. And so uh, for women who have done it one or two times already, um, you find that they are no longer concerned if they're going to be viewed as aggressive or greedy or manly or, you know, because you already yeah. know the outcome. You know that, oh, the last time I asked for it and I got it. So yeah. I'm, I don't really care if you're uncomfortable yeah. with me asking. Now I'm just going to ask because mm-hmm. I know the results. Yeah. And so um, I think those are two things that really... Um, Um, those are things that are actually teachable that we can share and um, explore and be teaching each other and uh, and growing. Yeah. I think I love that. It reminds me because today I was like scrolling on my Instagram and uh, I saw this uh, Shark Tank Mm -hmm. uh, thing of this lady uh, that have a a Haitian product. So it's it's kind of like that shea butter-ish type of thing. 
And um, I think they got the deal, or one of them, one of the people in the jury was interested to to invest four hundred, yeah, four hundred thousand okay. in into the the product, and uh, he was willing to invest that and then get thirty seven percent. You know, she did not agree with it <laughs> at all. And most of the time, like I would think, like, listen, I'm standing there, I'm presenting it, I want an investor. I would be thinking, hey, that's good. And she was like, no, can you? Do this for 25%, you know. And he was like, be happy with it. You are the one who's needing money. You know, you are coming to me. He was using uh, words that were like, like that hard truth, you know, that would normally shut people down and be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Right. So her working partner was also, I think, uh, her partner in life, like in love. Uh, he kind of teared up and he was like, you know, back in such and such years, we almost broke a point where we had to stop with the brand. But, you know, that it's now actually steadily growing. Mm. And she was like, listen, it's growing to such an extent. We can promise you this in, in one year. Mm. Like she had, you know, she could show that this product is really booming. And he again was like, listen, do you, do you need money or not? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then they stood there and you would probably think, okay, is she going to agree? But then she flipped it around and she would, would you agree for that other construction of like, you get a percentage per bottle of the mm. product and then something equity, you know, instead. Right. Mm. Right. So he was like, let me think about it. And then he kind of reshaped it and he said, okay, I want instead of your 15 cent, 25 cent per bottle uh, for mm. this and this equity. Right. And then it was a deal. And what you could see was <laughs> the tension went up and, and you don't normally see women standing firm in, in saying, you know what, no, I don't agree with this that you're giving to me. Yes, I'm coming to you for uh, an investment or whatever. You are making promises. 400000 sounds like, you know, music in my ears. Yeah. But no, I don't think that's fair. 37% of the business I've made so far. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and, but therein lies, you know, what you just said is so important because she knew what she had and she did her homework and she knew the work that yes. she did. So she wasn't coming to beg. Sure, yeah. if you're going to invest, fine, let's do it. But let's do it on my terms. And yeah. that's a lot of the times that's where we, we drop the ball. We forget that when we are at the negotiation table, that's where we have the most leverage. Because once we have said yes to the deal, you're not going to go back. You know what? Last week, you know, I told you 37%, but now you're not going to get that back. That's your time to <laughs> negotiate. And if you're not so okay me, with it, do don't be. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's, uh, uh, let's listen to uh, Jay Blessing and we'll be run, uh, right back to talk some more about Kimberly. Uh, why you're so passionate about, you know, bringing your knowledge uh, to women. And uh, also what's coming up uh, for you as in terms of, and also, yeah, would like to know what you think is uh, are things that African women should definitely uh, be watching. Are, are heating up, and uh, we, only, we have our one male only, Donnie here, he was asking, <laughs> was asking uh, a few questions, uh, and we're still talking to uh, Kimberly Ofori. Um, she, of course, is a lady of many traits. Uh, she definitely knows uh, how to, you know, uh, how to navigate your way on as a business but also in corporate life and uh, so much more. And that's what we are talking to her about. And one of the things she's really passionate about is um, kind of empowering women uh, throughout their journey, uh, wherever they are in the world, especially African women, to, to know what they are about and to use that um, uh, the way men do it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically that. And uh, uh, you, you ask an interesting question, uh, Donnie. Yeah, the way men do it. Are you a feminist? <laughs> <laughs> Do that you consider yourself <laughs> as a feminist? Uh, I don't. I don't consider myself a feminist Why simply not? because I think that 
puts me too much in a box that I don't want to be in. What is the feminist box that you don't want to be um, in? I think right now, 2020, it's a negative box. It's either you're extremely unaware of other inequalities. Mm -hmm. um, you're very anti-male, anything that has to do with men having any say in your life. Yeah. And that's not how I view the world. <laughs> and so because of the way feminism is portrayed now, I'm going to yeah. say no. You're going to say no. But with the thought of uh, empowering women, you know, in, in the working field to get as much as pay as men, you would say that those are type of value. Because that's it's from its origin, right? Uh, feminism, what it actually... Um, politically, no. That is not even the origin of <laughs> oh feminism. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, people looking back at it now goes, wait, feminism has never been a thing for equality of, um, for women as well as men. Is it? No, you know, mm. feminism came from the, like she said earlier um, um, of tape, um, white women had a different, um, you know, they had a different dis dissatisfaction with their white counter uh, um, uh, partners, with their white oh, males. Right. And from there, the feminist movement um, started. Because white women were not even allowed to vote back in the States yeah. while white men run the country. So now you know you have a you have a, a your society where white men are um, above, and then you have the white women, and then um, you have the poor whites, and then you have the slaves, uh, right? So they go, wait, we are not allowed to vote. Slaves are not allowed to vote. Are we your slaves? You know, the, in, oh, and from there, right. you know, um, feminism um, started. There's a different background story. There is a different background story. Very different. But now they throw feminism and allow um, other cultures or other right. women to join. Still. Um, so the, these women are in the movement, um, supporting the white movement, fight the right. white council, um, uh, males. But in, in, let's say in the corporate world, when a black woman stands up for her rights, look at your um, look at the white women and how she responds to that. And that I think you were telling, you were saying something about that. <laughs> so as a black woman, are your struggles in the corporate world the same as a white um, white white woman? No. Heavens no. And how not? <laughs> why not? That's an interesting <laughs> perspective. Yeah. It's, and I, I, I'm so glad you said this because, yes, I feel like there should be a level of solidarity between women, whether yeah. you are white, black, whatever. Um, but we also need to understand within that solidarity that there is difference. Mm -hmm. And there is no equality even in that mm -hmm. equation because now, there is it. like I said <laughs> earlier on, um, now I'm a woman, which yeah. is in a corporate world still a disadvantage. Now I'm a black woman, which is mm. very much a disadvantage in a lot of places. Yeah. Mm. And if I have to add my age to it, I'm a young black woman. So now three steps back to where the white woman starts. <laughs> and so That's a lot. those are hurdles that I need to overcome before I can even open my mouth. Yeah. When I step into the room, and I've had this before, mm -hmm. um, people already look down on you. They already have a misconception. They already think that you're the cleaner, even though you're wearing a suit. I'm just saying. Oh, that's no. so disrespectful, but it's true. Oh, it's true, though. It's so disrespectful, but it's true. I'm not it, or I'm the receptionist, or I'm the intern. Right. You know, oh, you know that is... Oh, my, and, keep but, going. You know, but that's, that's, I think, another discussion altogether. But when we're talking about, you know, the struggles when it comes to um, being in the corporate world, or being in business, yeah. or just... In society, you know, you yeah. have to overcome those three hurdles even before. And there are many more, If I'm, but those are the ones that I think 
across the board, everybody is going to have to deal with if you're a black woman. And even if you're at a later age and you're in your 40s, 50s, it's still something that matters a lot before right. you even get to the level where you can sit, sit next to your white a colleague, female colleague, and say, hey, let's talk about a manager, about the way that they're treating us here. Right. Yeah. Because right. I need to be more careful. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I need to understand the implications of what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if we can both be in the same boardroom and I can get fired, she can get fired too, but... She probably won't I'm be here. I'm time. already at the door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's 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 you know that's in, um, that is interesting, and it is very true. And I think most people would um, would let's say recognize it. And how would you say that you? So you name three hurdles: the age, um, ethnicity, and gender, mm-hmm. right? One of the uh, you know you gave an important um, let's say skill or importance advice that. Try to control the image that you portray, right. right? If you if you control that, if you let's say control how someone else think of you, right. then you know you can play things into your advantage, yeah. and that's one. Is there something else you can do to, let's say, um, overcome the hurdle of being a young woman as well? So you know, being young and in um, in a in a in a corporate world, well, you don't have experience. Wide. What right. is, you know, when something you that you when you do not have experience? You do not have experience. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So that is the story of my life, basically. Um, I think I was the youngest insurance advisor. I was the youngest oh. financial advisor. I was always the youngest in every department that I've worked. Even now, at, at the company that I work with, I bring down the average age to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's serious. Wow. That day, I, I had my I celebrated my birthday last month, and they were like. Wait, you're you're 29. <laughs> they forgot they hired me at 29. Yeah. So it's 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 I I think I'm still trying to figure that one out. I don't okay. think there's one answer to how you can approach that. I think it it that's something that you're gonna have to show, mm. because once you once they have hired you, and that's one thing that you do have in your pocket. Once they have hired you, they see the potential. Yeah, and then it's up to you. <laughs> as I'm going to add black because it, it's up to you as a black woman, young woman, to show them. You have to work 10 times harder to show them mm-hmm. that you're as good. So um, it, it's going to take some work. Yeah. And, and the struggle, it starts before you even get invited to the interview. Come on now. But, you know, you were saying, you know, <laughs> the resume and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, when they see your last um, surname, they can already think, hey, wait. This is you know one funny somewhere. story. You yeah. know one funny tell, story. Tell, tell me. I <laughs> was I, when I moved to Dubai um, <laughs> because I understood the bias that was here in the Netherlands. Uh, I took that with me because I had no idea how they responded to African people in mm-hmm. Ghana when it um, in Ghana mm-hmm. in Dubai when it came to the workplace. I'd only been there holidaying, right, partying. So yeah, I I I felt as though I had to s- try different things. So I completely changed my resume. So no age, no sex, no... Um, um, before appliers? So on my CV, on my resume. But before you got the job in... Yes, in, yes. Okay. So I would send out my resume, Kimberly, financial advisor. Wow. Um, 
my three uh, uh, most important skills that I had, mm-hmm. what I was had been awarded uh, for the three uh, the three years prior or something like that, and then my work experience, education, my work experience, and that. Yeah. And I got the most job offers on that resume oh. because now it didn't matter. Okay, they knew that I was a woman, mm-hmm. but apart from that, all they saw was somebody qualified. Yeah. The, wow. You know, and they saw me, and then I was like, oh. You're Kimberly. That's fine. I'm good with that because I was now already hired. I already got my foot in yeah. based on meeting all of those criteria. And so that's that how I... That is very... Take notes, people. Take notes. And it's unfortunate that yes, I had to do it. Right. That's the thing. So because I did send out resumes with my full name and, and did not get called back. And I can't say that it's because of my surname. But... Yeah. but yeah. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, that's the thing. But oh man, that is interesting. So that that we we should some way somehow come back to that um, uh, on another topic, <laughs> as a sense of the the highlights of of getting a job and anything. Yeah. But we we would say that you know, in spite of how how things would go, you would definitely know that have a realization of you have to work hard and put in more of the work. Uh, and I think I want to come back to that and say you have to work smart. Mm. And I know a lot of people say, oh, don't work hard, don't work. Don't work. I feel like hard work, you need to do that at some point. Yeah. But when it comes to showing people what you are made of, mm. don't work hard. Just show them when they're looking. Mm. You know, you need to make sure that you are at the places where they are having meetings. Yeah. Um, you know, because they will have meetings when you're not around. <laughs> and you need to be able to go to those after work, um, how do you call that? Um, Meetups, drink, drink up. Meet yeah, you know, if drink. you can. Yeah. And be there because that's when they're really discussing things. That's mm-hmm. when they're really getting to know what you're, you know, that's when they're really asking, so can you tell me again what you did in Dubai? Can you tell me again what you did at your previous job? Those are the, yeah. oh, the, yeah. the times that you can actually bring them back to why they hired you and mm. also why they should be noticing you and keeping watch on what you're doing. Yeah. And you can use that um, to also, you know, I, I, I know so of so many stories when I was still working at the bank of people getting assignments just because they kept going to those Friday night meetings. And they were able to, you know, get the manager to have a drink with them and say, you know what, I'm really passionate about this. I think I can get this client. And Monday, announcement made, you know, yours got the job. You know, and you're like, what happened here? Because we all applied, but we all know that you need that that human element that I was talking about earlier. It's not about how smart you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes makes very much sense. It it does make sense. It does. It does. But that's the, you know, that's the corporate uh, world. Yeah. yeah. Same same as for business. I think business is the business, business same principle. <laughs> I think it is. So um before before we wrap up, um, you know, because uh, Kimberly, we, we 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 really know that you're strong, you're passionate about especially women, uh, you know, having uh, given women that key just key what's it called? Knowledge <laughs> as to, you know, how to build their careers and build their their businesses and things. And I know that you have uh, your company called She. She Wins. Could you tell us more about that and um, kind of invite people to, to, yeah, to learn more about what that is? Yeah, so it's actually an initiative or a program that I'm setting up at the moment, um, which is called She Wins, or She is a Winner. Um, and it's actually aimed to help 
women upskill when it comes to the, the skills that we were talking about. So in negotiation, yeah. in leadership, but learning from each other in that. Because a lot of the times mm-hmm. um, I have found that when we have to go to a workshop where we are taught how to negotiate, it's a man telling a woman how to do it. The context in that is so different. The takeaway is going to be so different than when you're going to talk to a CEO who is a female who had to be doing that uh, as a as a female. Yeah. And she's now going to teach you the way that she did it, which is more authentic uh, to you being a woman. Sure. So the power in what I'm trying to do with the She is a Winner project is having women teach other women how they did it. Mm. And then learning from each other, empowering each other in the process. And yeah. one of the things that... Uh, that's for that's for the career side and for the women among us who are business owners. Yeah. Um, we know that we have a problem when it comes to funding women. Funding mm-hmm. women um, in early stages, scale up stage, you know, it doesn't matter. Money yeah. is not getting to us, even though the numbers show that you get more revenue when you invest yeah. in women. And so there are a lot of women out there who are actually collectively willing to invest in each other. They're just trying to find the best ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And I want to have a platform. I'm creating an online platform where women can be able to invest in each other's projects. And so we can be building each other up instead of having to be begging everybody else to do it for us. Lovely. Love it. Can men join? No, just kidding. And men, <laughs> men your money is welcome. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Uh, Don, Donnie is one of the men like who, who is passionate about like w- women empowerment and thing like he, he's pro that yeah. like uh, that, that's super cool we need your support man we need it we need it uh, I, I think that is super to 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 know that something like that is in the works yes you know what I mean and um, and also speaking of, of women empowerment all of that we're also on something in the pipeline is happening yes. here as well because yes. uh, your wonderful idea we were just having coffee <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, her passion uh, uh, about women empowering rubbed off uh, rubbed up on me to such an extent that we have something new could you tell Ooh, drum rolls <laughs> drum rolls <laughs> could you share us about that yeah, so from uh, from May, f- first Sunday of May, every first Sunday of the month, I will be co-hosting um, a segment on African Focus called Women About Business. Yay. That's and what is it about? Women <laughs> About Business. About Business. So it's going to be everything um, that has to do with um, women and their careers, women and uh, owning businesses, but also learning from each other in leadership roles, combining, you know, being a woman and maybe being, uh, having other responsibilities at home, um, time management, but also very practical and ac- actual, how do you say that, um, things that are very current right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about the wage gap and talking about all of the other things that are now happening um, yeah. and are influencing the way that we it's, do business. It's, vem- it's feminine really relevant to African women. <laughs> Feminism. Feminism. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> all of yeah. that. Yeah. All of that. I'm with, ex- a, with a focus, uh, of course, on African women and how we can uh, do better. Love it. Love it. I'm super excited for it. So uh, Me too. everybody should watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I wish I could just take this conversation on, but you know, as you are coming back anyway, we will still have <laughs> so many moments to talk uh, uh, about more things. And uh, what a good question you ask about, you know, that networking aspect. Yes. You know, why is it that there isn't specific something specific as in form of events or tools that can really help people to to network and negotiate 
and stuff like that. Yeah. So that that's that's good ideas uh, to talk about and to maybe you know change start with us. Maybe we will be the initiators no of, <laughs> of putting something together. I think that is a super cool. Um, so I would like to know from you: Do you have any uh, shout outs or any any? Any last words for our listeners out there, especially the women? <laughs> <laughs> Since we're on the topic of women, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think um, there. I think there's so much value to be created, and uh, when we when we join forces and yeah. get to stick together and actually um, hold each other up, I think one of the things that we have learned across. You know, as as African people, is yeah. what impact it has when we don't have access to knowledge that oh. was previously acquired. You oh. know, if we're talking about slavery, I'm not going to talk about slavery, <laughs> but you know, a lot of knowledge was lost. Sure. And I think that we do not have to put ourselves in the position as women in business or women who are um, climbing up the career ladder to yeah. leave each other behind. So let's share what we did and let's teach each other how to do it and let's pull each other up because that's the only way that we're going to really see change. And make sure that uh, we're not always the one who's three steps and um for those of you uh for those who are listening who would like to follow you online are you are you also that undercover type that has nothing nothing like donnie you're saying this intentionally donnie has no social media platform (laughs) where can people find you you know up until maybe uh, last the last quarter of last year, I was not online. I had my LinkedIn, and if you were lucky, I would accept your invitation. Oh and I really had to step out this year and say, you know what, I'm going. I I'm, I want to reach more people, and that means yeah. I need to be visible. So I now have Instagram um, yeah. at Ofori Kimberly, uh, which is also my Twitter at Ofori Kimberly. I have a website, KimberlyOfori.com, and you can email me hello at KimberlyOfori.com. Okay, okay. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. And it's it's definitely a good thing to be talking to you here uh, today. And uh, also know that this is uh, just a teaser of more that's to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, uh, glistening all in white. <laughs> <laughs> Give an angelic vibe to the studio. <laughs> And um, uh, for those of you listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in. Emmanuel Ankara, shout out to you. Uh, uh, thank you so much for tuning. Uh, I think I'm going to drop the podcast conversation with you uh, uh, this week. Uh, Africa on Focus is also on all your streaming platforms. Plus, we just had a deal with Aftown. Uh, uh, you can listen on the Aftown, which is uh, an African music only or African content only streaming app. Uh, if you type in uh, Miss Abba or African Focus, you'll find us on there. And for the, furthermore, you can listen to this show on Google Play and also the replay of this show. Nene, Nene McRich, thank you for tuning in every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I know you should know you'd be getting back for uh, Let's, Let's Chat Africa, uh, which is also our uh, bi-monthly uh, show to talk about uh, deep-rooted issues within uh, the African uh, community. Uh, so look out for that. Next week, we have uh, Dr. Sabine here on the show. We are going to talk about health issues that rather keep showing up among uh, Africans. Uh, this is one who is of innovative character. She founded a doctor, uh, was it Dr. Doc? Uh, don't blame me if I got it a bit wrong. But that is a specific app for uh, health issues that uh, Africans, black people can report and get the right guided advice on that. And so it's a bit of a health, you know, character uh, of a show. She will be with us next week 
And of course, throughout the week, make sure that you uh, follow me on my Instagram. You can find me on uh, um, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube, where else? Uh, Facebook, all of the social media platforms. Connect with me. Let me know what you think of this show and uh, we'll keep the conversation going. Um, I guess that's it for now. Let me pick up a good song to to make sure that, you know, we uh, we we send it off. Sakuria dropped a new song. Uh, I, I see some dance. I haven't listened to it yet. So I'm excited to play for you uh, Sakuria Bumper. Before that, also a shout out to Slim uh, for being my production guy behind the scenes. Like he is, you know, promoting it full on. A shout out to all of you just tuned in onto Facebook. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the site, unfortunately, I can't see your name. Just give a shout out. But uh, I'm appreciative for your... Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Abba. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle.